Hey guys, this is Corey Parker, Supercoach God, and you are listening to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. The Supercoach Champions podcast. You're here with Catfish. It is round 27. It is chaos, carnage. It is all of the above, but we're here. Uh, we're about to kick off for the final round of the Supercoach season at this time next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have known who is the new overall champion. Uh, thanks to Matt for all of his contributions this year as our reigning champ. But see you later, mate. Your time is almost over. <laughs> It is just me. Uh, unfortunately, Bear unable to join me, just too busy. Real life getting in the way again, but, you know, it is what it is. And so no late mail edition, and I guess because of the timing and everything, so we're doing a little bit of hybrid like we did the other week. So I do have, though, a bit of number crunching and special guests joining me for that segment. And then I'll, look, I'll still talk captains because I think for a lot of us, that's the only decision we're really going to make this week. And then we'll finish up with some of your questions off uh, Twitter or X as they call it these days. So yeah, let's dive straight into it. Oh, now it's time for Crunching the Numbers, brought to you by me, Carl McGrath Accounting. If you might want to make sure you're not fudging your numbers, give me a call. All right, so you have heard it is the man, the myth, the legend that is Karl McGrath, accountant, joining me for his own segment, Crunching the Numbers. So, Carl, firstly, welcome to the podcast officially and welcome to your segment. Thanks very much. Obviously, you know, you are an accountant. I'm not. And I'm just a fake guy who likes playing with numbers. I'm actually not very good at maths, believe it or not. Despite all the stereotypes, it's not my strongest subject. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, your background and, you know, how you got into Supercoach even. Uh, I've been into Supercoach, I think I looked back at the start of this season pretty much since it started. Um, I think I goes back a fair way. I was, I was on the bus home from a game back in the old days when there were two games at the same time on a Friday night and you wouldn't really know what was going on on the other game. And I was sitting next to an old bloke and I said, um, oh, that's, that ruins my footy tipping when we're talking about the other game. And he said to me, oh, have you ever tried this super coach? And I went, oh, no. And he goes, oh, you should. And I thought, oh, well, if this old guy can do it, I can. And started off just doing head-to-head with friends and family and all that. And then started having a real crack at overall a couple of years later. Um, listened to a few podcasts and, yeah, that's where I got to. All right, so from a chance meeting on a bus, an old guy on a bus, that doesn't sound (laughs) seedy at all. But (laughs) It was coming over from a game. It wasn't just some random. (laughs) Uh, Look, you know, I'm sure no regrets though. Now you've got the Supercoach bug. I mean, you said you've had a crack at overall. What's your best kind of season that you've had so Uh, far? Not this season, I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think my best is probably in about the 2000s. Okay. I usually hover... Most seasons, I usually hover between three and five is probably my sweet spot. I, I've been in the th- top thousand a couple of times, but 
never really lasted there till the end of the season. But yeah, this this season I'm down in the eighteen thousands, but it's actually going to be my worst season pretty much ever. I think so. Yeah, I'm not usually that bad. Look, we all have them, right? My season, my worst seasons in the twenty three thousands. So look, nothing to be ashamed of at all. So I'm going to start off just by looking through the top 10. Obviously, you know, we are ultimately interested in the overall champion here, looking at, you know, who's going to come first, hopefully. And honestly, 2023, very interesting season. I think this might be the closest kind of season since I think 2020 was pretty close. And the reason I'm saying I'm thinking that is because ultimately the winner, I believe, came from outside the top 10 in the final round. Uh, from the clouds, so to speak, and absolutely monster scores at the end and, yeah, stormed home to, to jag the win. It feels like it could actually still happen this year. So basically first uh, right now has a 76-point lead over the second-place team. as 80 points to third, 82 to fourth, 104 from fifth, and then even going down to 10th, 221 points from 10th place. Now, that still sounds like a lot. I get it. You'd much rather be in the lead. But 221 points, like we see weeks where players, super coaches are catching up, you know, 400 points in one week, right? So this feels like one of the seasons where it may not be anyone in the top 10. Now, I expect it to be someone in there (laughs) in the top 10 to win, but it could be someone from further further back that we just don't know who's got a stacked team, dodged all the carnage or majority of the carnage and has you know, three trades and a boost to take advantage of them to storm home. Do you have any, uh, what's your gut reading on all of this? Oh, no, I agree. I reckon it could come from anywhere. There's just been some massive swings. I know even even week to week, like last week, I got a, a shocking score. And the week before, I probably beat it by 400. So I agree. If you've got boosts and, and all that sort of thing and you are near the top, you're still a chance. Captain choice too. It could be anything, really. Yeah, look, I think when the majority of teams don't have seventeen players, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, uh, captaincy is going to be absolutely critical because I know a lot of teams don't have trades too. So it's not like you can change your lineup. You basically need to find a way to maximize your current seventeen or less. Yeah. Um, and so you pretty much have to try captain your highest scoring player. That's I mean that's that's literally all you got, right? Yeah, not sure 100%. what else you can do. Yeah. And and if 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 you were sitting outside like, you know, for example, if you were in 15 or 20 or something like that, why not go left field, especially if you were at like that not even a tracksuit or in the money, why not just find a a a, a rough winger who who might be a chance of getting a hat trick or something. It's it's worth a go. Absolutely. I remember again not to harp on to in, into ancient history, but uh, 2016 I was terrified because Jason Nightingale of all players managed to score 163, and I was sitting wow. there going, "Did someone use their last trade and bring in Night- Nightingale?" Like it, it was absolutely wild. Like no one probably would have done it, and no one did in the end. But it still made it played on your mind, right? You just thought, "What if they did do that?" Yeah, uh, because yeah, it's. It's a fun ride, that final week. But, yeah, to go through the top uh, 10 again, so those were the points breakdowns. Now, I I think um, this is where we thank the likes of Rugby League Fantasy Pro and the Supercoach Pro app because, again, you can see. So first and second, they're out of trades. Third has two trades. Fourth has one trade. Fifth to seventh all have zero trades. Eighth, 
place has three trades, including a boost. Wow. And then you've got ninth with one trade and 10th place with two trades. So I think it's safe to say a lot of those teams have those extra kind of advantages here, especially eighth with the boost there. Yeah, yeah he's in a good spot. Absolutely. And uh, again, shout out. I saw this, I think it's on the uh, NRL Supercoach Hub Discord. And someone had basically gone through. They They think basically... Uh, I think first place might only have eight or nine players this round. I think they had 11. That was with Horsburgh and Joey Manu. So maybe it's nine. I'm not sure. Then second had 14. Third place had about 10, including Manu. Fourth had 13, including Manu. Fifth had 13, including Manu. I don't know if this included uh, any Elisa Katoa or Warbrick owners who they've now been cut from the last uh, 24-hour cuts. So this could be even lower. But yeah, again, looking at eighth, they've got 15, including Joe Manu, and they've obviously got the extra three trades. So they could be rolling out a full 17 mm. this round. So you gotta, you got to think, you know, even if they're 201 points back, that's a lot of competitive advantage they've got right now, extra Definitely. players plus the trades. So, I mean, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's fair. Like I've seen some people going, you know, this is a Stephen Bradbury situation. I don't think that's fair, <laughs> but I definitely think, um, they might actually be in the box seat here. And yeah, ninth and 10th, they're looking at nine or 10 players in, and, and yeah, maybe one or two trades. So it's going to be really, really tough if you've got, you know, only eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 players, like plenty of people up the pointy and are in the same boat as you, basically. So yeah, if you are that, that guy or, or girl in eighth and you've got a chance to bring in somebody, not only can you use your boost to bring in you know, warm bodies who can play, but you can bring in somebody with the intention to captain them too. You know, yeah. we, like I'll, I'll just look at my team and, and, and my horrible team <laughs> and and my halves are Cleary and Johnson and Cleary may not even play. But if they were in that situation, they could bring in someone like a Cherry Evans and captain them as well or something along those lines. So it's not just the, the points of one person's, it's almost the points of two that that extra boost is getting you and the extra trades is getting you. It's pretty cool. And and then you can even maybe loop if you need to. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, it's going to be a wild time. And and shout out to uh, the Supercoach Playbook, um, Adam Joissi, with his, um, his analysis. As always, it's really interesting, the stuff they come up with. But I think from his stats they had, and, and this again may be pre-Alikatoa and Warbrick being cut, so the, the numbers might be a little bit different. But even top 100, only one team had 17 pre-trades. Five had 16, one had 15. 24 of the top 100 had 10 or less. Wow. Uh, in the top 1,000, only nine teams had 17 or 18 players. And obviously these are, you know, you're counting 16, 17, but it's Jack Howarth. It's Red Willie Army, you know, yeah, <laughs> guys yeah. off the bench. Uh, Sonny Luke, I imagine, is a, a fair few of those guys. So, you know, it might be three or four of those players going from 13 to 17 and they might get you uh you know maybe 50 points all up potentially like it, mm. it just it could not be very much either way i mean it's still 50 points 50 points but yeah the numbers can be a little bit deceptive too yeah but absolutely i i guess just for i mean I'll, i'm obviously still i'm sitting at the 4040 mark right and i'm sitting here going look am i a chance potentially to make the top 1000 still I have to say it's a bit of a stretch, but look, basically looking at the points right now, the the top 100. If you if you're aiming for the top 100, you need to 
like the current cutoff there is 31,790 points. So, you know, it might be worth looking at how many points back from them. And then obviously if you've got like, you know, you saw those stats before about the the number of players in the top 100. If you're, if you're sitting at 15, 16 players, you might have a decent chance of cu- catching up, you know, anywhere from 100 to 300 points in one round if you've got those extra players there. Cut off for the top 500 currently, 31,457. The top 1,000 is 31,282 points. So for me, that is actually... So I'm sitting at 30,811, right? So uh, quick maths. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe it's a little bit... A a bridge too far uh, looking at like 470 points. But like I said, I'm sitting here going, I have 17 of Joey Manu plays with my... 17th player being Braden Williami. I've got one trade bringing in Ryan Pappenhausen, who I'm going to vice captain. Like, if he bangs out even 150 or whatever, like, that's a massive leg up this round. So, I could potentially chase up anyway, anywhere from four or 500 points in one round, right? If a few of my other pod options, like my Scott Sorensen's or Campbell Graham's guys who no one else really has, if they go 100 for me, I'm laughing this week. So, I think. Like it's a slim chance, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to give it my best shot, obviously, and I think I might have a decent chance with how much I've managed to dodge the carnage for myself oh, yeah. personally. Yeah, if you've got 17 and a, and a mostly decent 17, and the other people are playing with what's effectively less than a normal buy round, you know, in a buy round, if you made much over about a thousand eleven hundred, you're you're wrapped. But you know you. Some guys in normal weeks now are making fourteen hundred or or more. So yeah, you can definitely make up a lot of ground there if you've if you've got the numbers. Yeah, it just uh, really 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 does depend. And again, the cutoff for the top two thousand, for example, thirty one thousand and seventy, roughly give or take thirty thousand seven hundred and seventeen. If you want to aim for the top five thousand, I mean, do you know what your points total is currently? So yeah, my total score I'm sitting at the moment is twenty nine seven oh two. Okay, and that's sitting you at roughly the 18,000 mark, right? So for you to sneak into the top 10K, so you know going up 8,000 ranks, you'd need about 630 points. So that might be a bridge too far unless you happen to have 17, which I don't think you do, unfortunately. No, <laughs> no sitting on... Oh, actually, you know what? It just shows how badly attentive I was this week. I'm at 20,000. I must have been 18,000 last week. <laughs> that's worse than I thought <laughs> look all I can say I'm, I'm glad you're much more attentive to your accounting than your super coach rank at the moment right <laughs> well you care a lot more when you're sitting a lot higher don't you it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that is true but you, you're not going to give in and, and just roll over you're going to do the best you can to finish strongly and hopefully you know boost up your rank a little bit that's the worst bit I've probably tried the hardest I have this year in a long time I've spent a lot of time on it <laughs> maybe that's the problem well you know, it's interesting and, and maybe the off-season is the time to reflect and no doubt we'll have a chat about maybe trying to work out where things went wrong. Like maybe, you know, as you say, it's spending too much time on it, the issue. Like what what were you spending your time on perhaps? Are you using it the wrong way or, or whatever? But we can unpack that another time. Yeah. But look, I, I thought that was good to break down, you know, the top 10 situation, the scenario that people face. I definitely think it's not just the top 10, although, you know, right now looking at the, the numbers and, the team's eighth with the three trades and the boost is uh, definitely in poor position, I'd say. Uh, it's They're not in the lead, but you'd back them to have a decent crack at overtaking 
the seven teams ahead of them and, you know, obviously finishing strongly to, to sneak into the, the number one spot. But that's not to say there's people a little bit further back that couldn't overtake either because I think it's, yeah, it's going to be very open with the, the, the points gap. Again, you know, some years, I think there was, in my year anyway, there was like 600 points from 10th to me in the final round. So it was very much, I only had to worry about two teams and I was second and third. So it, it, it's a totally different situation this year. So good luck anyone in within a shout of the top top spot. You definitely swing for the fences. Uh, as Carl said, you know, what do you got to lose, right? If you're not in the top 11, obviously there's a tracksuit and some cash on, on the line there if you are there. But if you're a top 20, like whether you finish 12th or 20, 20th or, or 50th, you're still getting the same amount of cash, So, which is nothing, by the way. <laughs> so you might as well swing for the fences and try sneaking to that top 10 or, or even higher. So, yeah. Well, do you want to finish up, um, I guess, with your little segment here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Wolf. Look, I just really wanted to jump on tonight, really have a chat with you, but just to say thanks to all the people who have jumped on and had their tax returns done, not only this year, but the last few years since I've been on the podcast. Um, really appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, if you do need to get your tax done or, or any any accounting work, you probably Good. will spiel every week. But yeah, give me a call. I'll be the one you're talking to. Uh, the season's over, so you don't need to get my crappy advice about who to pick. But yeah, jump on, say good day, and I'll uh, I'll look after all the listers. Make sure you do have a bit of a footy footy chat, even though it's not over. Finals aren't over, so yeah, get on board and have a chat. I've definitely heard, uh, you know. The, the accounting advice and the work that you've provided, Carl, is top-notch, uh, which perhaps, judging by your rank this year, is probably better than your Supercoach advice. So maybe if you if you jump on a ball with Carl, you know, chat to him about Supercoach. Don't take his advice, though. Yeah, do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, stick, stick, stick to listening to us or, or do the opposite of what Carl does. But, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to the accounting, he knows exactly what he's doing. So, yeah, look, thanks for jumping on. Like I said, this is your segment. It's the reason we do this and... I really do enjoy diving into the numbers. So thank you for allowing me to do that, even though I'm not an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's all right. You don't have to be an accountant to uh, crunch the numbers. You do a good job. Thanks, Will. Cheers for that. All right. Well, it's good to chat again. And no doubt, we'll hopefully, yeah, if you need your taxes done, de- definitely get in touch with Carl. Good morning, Captain. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain speaking. Aye, aye, Captain. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Savvy. All right. Look, I know a lot of us don't have our star players. And let's face it, in a week like this week, you don't have a full 17. You don't have any start-sit decisions. And when you don't have any trades, you have no decisions to make on who to bring in. So the only decision you're going to make is who to vice-captain and who to captain because you do definitely get two bites at the cherry. I'm going to keep it pretty brief. Look, Broncos and Storm, if you've got Pappenhausen or you can bring him in, He's the guy, vice-captain him, don't look back. Everyone else is not worth considering. For the Seagulls and the Tigers, if you got Caller in last week, if you have DCE or you look at bringing either of those guys in, I'd look their way. Definitely both VC options. I think for the Bunnies and Storm, if you do have Teddy, he's definitely VC or even a C option this week. On the Bunnies side, look, it is a little bit tougher. I find myself really struggling to trust him, but if you think they're going to win, Cody Walker's in play. And, I mean, you could get really risky with AJ, but I wouldn't do it myself personally. Uh, Just, yeah, it's too risky. Like VC maybe, that's about it, but not a straight C. 
I think for the Dolphins and the Warriors, definitely Osako is worth considering with a VC. I don't know if I'd trust him for a straight C, but yeah, it depends how, how confident you feel. Panthers and Cowboys, this really does depend, right? If Nathan Cleary plays, I don't think he's ever a bad option, but there is a real possibility, like Joe said, if they are up comfortably, this might be a game where they feel like they want to take Cleary off earlier than usual. At the same time, on the other side of the equation, Drinky is certainly in play. Like he's just the guy's in absolutely incredible form, and he's got oh, one of the highest ceilings this round, even against the Panthers. As much as I think the Panthers will take this one out for the Dragons and the Knights, look, it is downside is no no ponger obviously, but someone like a Greg Marju is an ever present threat. He just needs literally one try. And he's, yeah, pushing 70-plus. He gets a double and you're, you're lifting the bat most weeks. So, yeah, I it is a little bit riskier. It's not my preferred option, but he's definitely in consideration there. And then Dave Fafita, Tino, either of those options against the Bulldogs. If you're getting a little bit frisky with someone like an AJ Rimson, certainly an option, considering what, obviously, the uh, caller did to the Bulldogs last round. I'm not sure they're going to get that kind of ceiling because the Titans aren't as good as the Seagulls attack-wise. But yeah, it'd be between Feeder and Tino for me personally. Or final game of the round, obviously Sharks and Raiders, Nico Hines. You can never write him off as an option. He's the highest averaging halfback this season, taking taking the mantle from Nathan Cleary at this stage. Who knows what Cleary's going to deliver in the final round. But, you know, must-win game for the Sharks. So I definitely think Nico's going to step up here. And yeah, so for me, Ryan Pappenhausen, VC, Nico Hines, C. Simple as that for me. I'm not going to overthink this one at all. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right. I really didn't expect many people to reply. I did put out the call for questions, and I got as many serious questions as I expected. One, and a bunch of fun ones. So we can talk about those. Uh, look, let's get the business out of the way first. So Chris Holden at I'm Chris Holden asks, I currently have two halfbacks and two fullbacks, but for zero five eights, who would I bring in as my 17th man? He's got AJ Brimson, Isako, Lockie Miller, AKP, looking for upside. However, I want to make sure, I want to shore up my position to top 1K, currently 403. So look, firstly, if you're talking about bringing your 17th man, assuming maybe you're down to 16, if you've lost Manu, maybe Katoa as well, who knows? I think you're you're locked into top 1K regardless. Now, if you're chasing upside, look, Asako definitely is probably the guy I look at because of two things. One is ownership in that top 1K. And, you know, right now, Asako in the top 1,000 is owned by 52.2% of teams. So if Asako does go large this round, I think, you know, that's the best way for you to ensure you're shoring up your position in the top 1K. So he'd be the one I'd look at there. However, if you are looking at uh, the 5-8 position, it's actually really bare bones. Most 5-8s, sorry, most super coaches have Cam Munster or Kalen Ponger at 5-8, but the third most popular option is Cody Walker. So he's uh, in 46.6% of teams in the top 1K. Uh, so he obviously is probably the other name I'd look at to bring in. And I know he's been a little bit out of form, but, you know, this, this round a couple of years back, 203, who could forget that, right? So I could certainly understand wanting to maybe make sure 46.6% of super coaches doesn't, some, don't suddenly get a 150-plus you know, score from Cody Walker out of the blue. 
with, uh, you know, finals on the line. So I certainly can see him stepping up. But, yeah, he is a little bit out of form. So for me, it, it would be between one of those two. That's probably the percentage play if you really want to just lock in top 1K. But honestly, you're in a pretty good spot regardless given your numbers for this round. And look, that's the only serious question I've got. So uh, from Altia Rowan at the underscore Scarfy, who's your go-to Mario Kart character? It's funny because when I was younger, I always used to go with Wario or Bowser. But I'm a, I'm a bit of a Yoshi fan now. When I take on my kids, I tend to go with the lighter characters. So yeah, Yoshi is my go-to these days. A couple of questions about NFL fantasy. So Andrew Harris at Danger underscore Ash and William at Wazy 3 So look, time for NFL fantasy. Look, the champs know I've already been in multiple drafts with the champs. We've had some, you know, plenty of internal leagues. I know usually I try to organize some stuff for, you know, the listeners of this podcast. But honestly, it's just been too hard way too busy i'm barely struggling to get the podcast out in the first place so yeah unfortunately no deal uh for uh listener leagues this year but all the champs know we've been running the internal champs competitions i think we've got a couple of redrafts a couple of best balls going we also got some dynasty and keeper league so fun times there william does ask who are my guys for nfl fantasy this year so i guess the idea of my guy is you know your flag plant guy you know who's the players that you think are, are going to go off. And it's really tough, right, because I'm no NFL expert, but I do have certain players I tend to have drafted a lot of this year. So I don't know if they're really my guys and that I believe in them a whole heap, but I tend to, and for some reason, it keeps falling this way to me. I have a surprising amount of Geno Smith and DJ Moore in my teams and also Brees Hall. I don't know if it's just because of the injury for Brees, but I tend to pick him up at a value, what, what I see as a value. So I've yeah, got a surprising amount of those three players. Just they seem to fall to me in, in multiple drafts. So I guess maybe I believe in them a little bit more than other players do because they get bypassed and they fall to me at a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pick them up. So yeah, that's uh, I guess by virtue of that, they are my guys, so to speak. Anyway, that is all the questions and that is it for the Supercoach champions in the regular season. We will be back. We definitely will do some uh, review because I think it's one of those seasons where we need to reflect on what's happened this year. And yeah, so we'll do that um, hopefully next week, if not the week after at the very latest. So you'll get myself and Joe Fitz and any other champ that wants to jump on. As always, we'll definitely try to get this year's winner as well to have a chat to them as we always do. But yeah, that's for later. Good luck to everyone in the final week. I know it's, it's a bit deflating, right? A lot of us are copying it this week at the end of a long season. So, look, fingers crossed you can finish strongly. Uh, for those in the reckoning, good luck is all I can say. You've done all you can, and hopefully your captaincy armbands land on the right person. All right, that's enough for me, and up the mighty Brisbane Broncos. Champion, champion.